welcome to Puffcast, the ultimate Hufflepuff podcast. This is episode 8 on June 24th, 2020. I'm Melanie. And I'm Juliana. And this week we have a very special guest. We have Kim! My best Woo! friend Kim! Yay! Yay! Hey guys! I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Thank you. I was super excited that you invited me. So Kim, would you like to give us a brief introduction besides being my bestie? What else <laughs> do we need to know about you? All right, so um, my name is Kimira. My house is Slytherin. I'm a very proud textbook Slytherin, I think, but like a good one, not a bad one, <laughs> not a canon Slytherin. Well, um, we don't let any of those Slytherins on here. They're not allowed in the Hufflepuff common room, so don't good, worry. Good, that's good. <laughs> then my Patronus, um, it's kind of hard for me to decide. I've been thinking about this for years because when I did the Pottermore test it told me that my Patronus is a hyena and everybody said that's like so perfect for me because I'm a Slytherin and hyenas are supposed to be cunning and sarcastic but I wanted a cat like a big cat I'm a cat person you know so then I did the test again on wizardingworld.com when they changed it and it said I got a hippogriff which is a bird and I don't really like birds so that's even oh. worse but a hippogriff right. is so cool. But it's still a bird, though, kind of, isn't it? Half, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the hyena is much more you than the hippogriff right, is. Right, and everybody said that, and I felt so bad. So for years, for a few years, I would have hyena in my bio on Instagram and stuff, and I was really trying to, like, you know, get into the idea of that being my Patronus. But then in December, last December, my 18-year-old cat died, passed away. We had to put him down. It was really sad. Juliana knows. And I decided that my Patronus from then on is going to be a panther. So like a big version of a black cat, my cat Midnight. So yeah, yeah I self-decided. <laughs> and then uh, my wand is 13 inches long. And it's ebony wood and dragon heartstring core, which I'm not really sure what that means. I guess they're supposed to be pretty powerful. But to me, it's just... I don't know. I'm not like super attached to the type of wand I'm supposed to have. You guys are asking what my favorite food is, and that was so hard too. I feel bad. I'm not. I'm not a Hufflepuff, so I'm not like super into <laughs> food. You know what I mean? I don't like bake, even though I love baked goods. So I chose to say cupcakes because I really love Ooh. cupcakes, all kinds. And then I'm addicted to eating radishes, too, every day. I'm super addicted to eating, like, bags of radishes for some reason. I've never heard that before. It's weird, I mean, isn't I it? I mean, I, I know what a radish is, of course, but <laughs> <laughs> that someone is, like, constantly eating them, that aren't they, like, a bit uh, more sharper, spicier? Like better. Sometimes. It depends on the type. I think there's different kinds of radishes, which I've discovered over the years. Like, some of them will make me cry, literally. Like, but I'll have tears in my eyes, how sharp the taste is. But I don't know. It's just some... I was looking for a snack that's, like, kind of healthy, you know, and, like, easy to eat and, like, not heavy. So I can just, like, snack on it all day long and it's not, like, chips or candy or something. Mm -hmm. That's a valid point. Plus, it's Luna's earrings, right? So that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's on theme. There you yeah. go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then um, something about myself. I am one of the social media managers at MuggleNet. I lead the Instagram team of nine awesome people, Juliana included. Hey. And yay. <laughs> yeah, we started at MuggleNet at the same time. And I mm -hmm. think March, March last year. 
So mm-hmm. for a while yep. we were both uh, on the Instagram team and then I got promoted mm-hmm. to manager and you got promoted to a host of several podcasts, which is super cool. Kind of promoted, but yeah. No, it's, it's, I'm super jealous, you guys. Like, this is so awesome that you're doing this. And I mean that in the best of ways, honestly. Like, it's, <laughs> I admire you both of you for doing it every week. It's, it's just pretty fun. fun. It's just us having fun. <laughs> Yeah, and then so if you write if you write MuggleNet on the Instagram page, like in a comment or DM, you get to talk to me. Yay, which is awesome. I am the person that writes everybody back and makes sure that the page is running smoothly. You when do it comes a really to my awesome job, you think I don't know. It's I been hard. So. It's been hard lately because of all the stuff that's been happening. Well, yeah, the world mm. is a hot mess. So that's yeah. just the general vibe right now. It is, yeah. So it's really a lot, actually. And I am I admire the other teams, Twitter and Facebook, because they get to deal with a lot more than I ever will. Our platform is smaller than Twitter. I think they have like a million followers. So I was going to say, you couldn't pay me to be the manager for the Twitter. Right. Yeah, it's got to be that so hard. That sounds like a nightmare. I mean, I like the platform, but if you look at Twitter now, after the JK Rowling thing, it's blowing up with hate all over the place. And but mm-hmm. it's even that is hard to do, you know, it's it's just I just can't believe that there's so much hate on the Internet. Sorry for getting so grim. That's OK. We're, we're here to be a happy, positive place. But you can you need the high moments with the low moments, too. So we have we're here to acknowledge things, but also just be cheery when we can. But see, that's just the thing. The world needs more Hufflepuffs like you guys. The Internet needs more of you for sure, because you're so positive and sweet. Yeah, well, we're trying. <laughs> What else? I come from, I'm originally from the Czech Republic, but I currently am living in Nebraska in the U.S. And my muggle job is I'm a freelance writer and translator. So I work for various small publications and it doesn't really pay the bills every time, every month. So I do have to have other jobs at the same time. I've done a whole bunch of different things. I was an English teacher for a while. I was a bartender and I booked tours for bands and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's been a ride. Yay. (laughs) Seems like you have your fingers everywhere somehow. You do all (laughs) sorts of things. Yeah. (laughs) Which is really fun, I think. Well, it sounds interesting. You have seen lots of different places, Mm -hmm. different jobs. So lots of good experiences, I hope. You've actually yeah. lived up in Massachusetts and Boston, right, Kim? Near where I am? Yeah, that was the first place that I moved to when I moved to the U.S. I moved to Boston first, um, Somerville, and then a few mm-hmm. other little towns in Mas- all around Massachusetts. And it's so beautiful there. I honestly miss it. Nebraska is super landlocked. There's no water other than small ponds here and there. And I really miss the ocean. Yeah. Well, when you come to visit me, you can... Someday. I really want to. It's been so many years since I've been there. Yeah. I'm only a mile from the beach, so we can just walk right down the street. That's awesome. Okay. Well, Kim, thank you so much for giving us like a lowdown on who you are. And thank you for being here with us this week. Thank you for having me. Our next segment, we're just going to go through the news and some listener feedback for this week. Unfortunately, in the news section, like Kim kind of already spoke about, J.K. Rowling has made some rude and transphobic statements this past week. And just for reference, we are recording this on June 14th, and this will come out on the 24th of June. So if anything happens between then and now, we will try to be up to date, but 
just letting you all know if something sounds off that's probably why and we just wanted to say that we don't agree with what she said in any capacity that trans lives and trans rights are important and valid and we stand behind uh, separating the artist from the art we also just want to note that if you would like a more detailed breakdown of exactly what her tweets meant and what that means for the fandom on the whole I would highly recommend you listen to Hogwarts Radio's most recent podcast episode they did a great job of breaking that down so that is the bad news for the week and now for some more good news yes we got some listeners feedback and one of them comes from one of my dear friends Yulika from Germany she wrote in to me this week and saying I listened to your latest podcast episode it was very entertaining and funny and yes I can definitely confirm the attention to detail (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from my side <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, she also says it's nice to hear with how much enthusiasm and fun you work on this you can really hear it oh thank you hmm, that was That's, nice yeah. and I also got some feedback from our friend Michael who is part of a Facebook group that I'm part of it's the Wizards of Ilvermorny so all of our Massachusetts wizards we're all part of that Facebook group And he said it was a great episode. I liked the special intro too. Yes, as the Beatles say, all we need is love. I may not be a puff, but I appreciate you guys as a house. Remember Cedric Diggory. (laughs) Because clearly he's our only only character in the entirety of the books that we get. So let's just remember that one guy. Because Newt's not in the original canon. So, oh well. But thank you, Michael. Didn't you get Nymphadora? Isn't she a Hufflepuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, we have Tonks, we have Diggory, we have Helga, technically speaking, the, the fat friar. You have Sprout. Oh, yes. And we have uh, Justin Flinch. Finch. We don't speak of this person. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading, I was just as a side note, I was actually reading Chamber of Secrets because I'm rereading it now, and I met Justin Finch Fletchery for the first time in the in the books and I fully get where the puffs riff came from on him. <laughs> I was like, wow, this guy is kind of annoying and like just talking about himself for for a while. Every house has a bad egg. This is yeah. ours. Yep. It's fine. Definitely. He's not like rude. He's just annoying. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Kim? Sorry. Yeah, that every house has a bad egg in the real world and in the visiting world too. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Our main discussion this week, we have a lovely interview with Kim. And then we're going to be talking about one of her favorite things. And I didn't read the notes because I wanted to be surprised by all the fun facts she was going to tell us about Nifflers. Ta-da! <laughs> Yay. I learned a lot too during my research. There's a couple of things that I didn't know before I wrote in the doc. So it was really interesting for me too because... Nifflers are definitely my favorite creature in the visiting world. Maybe my favorite creature in the whole wide world, too. Because for me, they're real, right? Mm-hmm. They're actual. Of course they are. Right, of course they are. I have 37 of them. Come on. <laughs> oh, God, I didn't realize you had that many. That's quite a lot. It is. Is your house still standing? <laughs> I know. It is kind of like Toy Story, where they come alive at night when I'm sleeping and look oh. for shiny things, you know? So So yeah. I imagine your house is like in a hole already. <laughs> <laughs> we are buried in coins. 
<laughs> but none of them are usable in stores for some reason. <laughs> so we are starting off with having some questions for you. Maybe you would like to tell us how and when did you discover your love for Harry Potter? Yeah, it was in the summer of 2004 and I gave this a thought for a long time. I was thinking about it if it was 2004 or 5. It doesn't really matter in the end. I think it was 4, so 16 years ago almost exactly. And my ex-boyfriend's little, little brother had a VHS tape mm. and uh, of Chamber of Secrets. And it became my favorite movie because of it, I think. Even though I recognize that it's not the best one of them, but the sentimental value somehow makes me just love it more than any other still to this day. Mm. So I'm one of those people that fell in love with Harry Potter through the movies first before ever reading the books. What about you? I'm not really sure. Have you ever um, talked about that, Melanie? Probably, right? Yeah, I think we've we talked about it in a, in a few episodes, I think, at this point. Oh, so just just tell me for me and edit it out. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I started reading the books, the first, or I was recommended to read the first book by my former boss when I was 16, 17, something like that. Or I'm not sure. It, I think it was in the first, the second book was out, I think. Hmm. I already forgot again. I I always forget. It's ninety eight. Wow! So really early on. So you're the like you're an original fan. That's awesome. That's great. I was reading uh, the first book and I got immediately hooked. And uh, I think the second book was already out, so I could read that right away. And then I just had to wait every for every book. Hmm. See, and I never got to do that, and I never will. It's so strange. So many of our friends at MuggleNet and online had that experience and I never had it not once so I've I've been to the movie premieres when those came out after Chamber of Secrets either most of them or all of them I'm not sure now maybe not Prisoner of Azkaban but from then on everyone but I never waited in line at, at a bookstore ever so it's a different experience see I didn't wait in line at a bookstore no me neither this whole waiting for the midnight releases and stuff that is such a us-based thing i think mm, and right yeah. i never had that so i was patiently waiting that it's being delivered to me by post or that i could mm -hmm. pick it up in the store but then again you know in a way it doesn't really matter because even if you didn't have that sort of experience the stories are still the same and mm -hmm. they can still of course move you the same way right you make it yours yeah you didn't really have to wait so long and be anxious like oh i'm gonna continue reading you could yeah. just immediately like oh yes let's let's go <laughs> but you know it is a real it's a thing online and, and to this day it is a thing i see it in the comments too on instagram that people still say that if if you're a fan of the movies and maybe you've never read the books or you read them one time after seeing the movies you're not a true fan and ah uh. that's sad right I really don't like when people do that because I know it doesn't matter what you when or what way you read them first or if you watch them first or if you have never read the books. I mean, I recommend you to definitely read the books if you have mm -hmm. only seen the movies because otherwise there is so much missing and you have no idea. So many characters alone by that, I, I think you are missing so much. So, uh, but that doesn't make you less of a fan. No. As long as you love those stories and the characters... And it's up to nobody to tell other people if they are a true fan or not when they mm -hmm. know nothing about that person. It's a stranger that they're talking yeah. to. So it's a very rude thing to say. Definitely. How rude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay. So you kind of talked about it a little bit already, Kim, but what, can you just like tell us how you're involved with like the Harry Potter fandom worlds? We already talked about how you're the lovely head of our Instagram team on MuggleNet, but anything else you wanted to let us know about that you do? Right. Uh, well, I've, like I said, I've been a fan since 2004, but I wasn't always involved in the fandom. I was on like a forum for a while, I remember, but not like very active and it's years ago. So it doesn't really count for me. I actually I'm again, and this is many people would probably say that I'm not a true fan, even though I've read the books a million times since then. But the, the Fantastic Beast franchise kind of rejuvenated my uh, love of Harry Potter, I guess. So when the first Fantastic Beast movie came out, I started buying a lot more merch and reading the books over and over again. And I can't say I became a fan then or because of it, but I've been a bigger fan, if that makes any sense. And ever since then, I've made a whole bunch of Instagram accounts because I am heavily addicted to Instagram for some odd reason. It's like the one social media platform that I love. I'm barely ever on Facebook or Twitter, but Instagram, I have seven of them, I think, right now, and four are Harry Potter related. So that's one way mm -hmm. that I'm involved in the fandom through one of my pages, I guess. I post mostly my merch and then I have like a Niffler comic thing that I'm drawing. It's super simple, but I love doing that it. That one is so cute. so cute. I have seen it too. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah. It's called Niffler Riot and it's about these two guys, two Nifflers. Their names are Boof and Niff. And what they do is mostly just complain about their wizards and their cousin Plop, which I've, I've added cousin Plop now since <laughs> um, they needed like a female relative, I thought. And she's from mm -hmm. Boston, like Juliana mm -hmm. is from Massachusetts. And she has her own little Boston Red Sox cap. She does, yes. Uh, Juliana <laughs> sent me a little Red Sox cap thing and I actually put it on one of my plush nifflers. So I have a plop in real life as well and I have a poof and niff. I'm a dork, you guys. I know. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> I was going to say, I think we already started that club. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, and then there's MuggleNet. So, and that's, uh, that's all, but it consumes a lot of my time, particularly MuggleNet does, but Instagram yeah. as well. So yeah, I, I live and breathe Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts every day for multiple hours. And um, how did you and Juliana actually became friends and best friends? Hmm. You know, maybe I did write something in the doc and it's just one sentence talking about how we started at Mangalot <laughs> at the same time. But maybe I'll let Juliana say her version. What would you say? Oh, I would say, well, yeah, we we joined at the same time, but I didn't realize that because <laughs> I remember we had a conversation where you, where you were like, we were on the same welcome call. And I was like, no, we weren't. Yeah, we were. <laughs> and you had the screen. You went back and found the screenshot of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess we were on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was you, me and one other person that has since yeah. quit long, long time ago. And we have persevered and have grown to really love MuggleNet and everybody that works there. It's really a big family. And we are so grateful that we can be a mm. part of it, both of us. I'm trying to think of what the first conversation we had was. It was something like silly. I know. I thought about that too. <laughs> and I, for the life of me, cannot remember why we even oh. started talking like outside of just the work chats. Because yeah, we didn't really have a reason to. No, not at all. I know. And then, yeah, we just started talking. And 
over the last year or so we've just kind of been in contact like every day all day and like I've told Kim too like a lot of the times because in the last year or so I've, I've grown a lot and things have gone from being like decently dark to like way better now than um for me mentally and personally but yeah we just started talking and we just kind of found that over the last year or so I like to call us the same brand of screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> we just seem to connect on so many levels where it's just odd to a point, but it's awesome and it's great. And Kim has just been there through so many things for me from like my surgery, from like breakups for just little stupid things throughout the day. She's just such a nice person and so non-judgmental towards other people and definitely not a book Slytherin in any capacity. Thank you. (laughs) I'm a little bit rough around the edges, though, and I'm well aware of that. I'm quite intense. I can be quite intense. and Yeah, but that makes me laugh sometimes. (laughs) Right. Sometimes it takes people or it takes me a while to get close to people because of it. But then, like you said, I'm honest and I'm non-judgmental, and that's that's true. So I have some good qualities, I would hope. You have so many good qualities. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Um, like you said, we bonded over, I think, maybe having or going through some hardships at the same time, like between like November and January. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. We've all gone through some stuff in our personal lives that was hard, different things, mm-hmm. but it was nice to be able to vent to somebody. So, and even though we've already been very, very, very good friends by then, I think that yeah. strengthened the bond a lot. So I was going to say that kind of like solidified it. We right. were both like we were friends. And then when we both hit like really rough patches that, mm. I mean, I feel like that's a point in anyone's life where they suss out who's their friend and who's not when things mm. like that come out. And instead of going one way, which we could have and, just abandoning each other we got an even stronger bond and became even closer friends and it's just kind of kept going in that direction since then and here we are now and it's fabulous and fantastic and (laughs) here we are yay yay that is so nice i love hearing stories like that because it's not often that you find someone where it just clicks and those you should really hold on to and keep tight so yeah I really love that. Well, it's just like, it's like bonkers bananas too, because (laughs) especially now people are starting to realize like the significance of online friendships Mm -hmm. just because everyone's so socially distant and they're quarantining. And I feel before this, people very much so invalidated friendships that aren't made directly in person and kind of look down upon them. I think that that's a stigma that we definitely need to remove. And it's a stigma that I definitely had like prior to joining MuggleNet and really getting to know other people online. It's funny too, because I was actually talking with my therapist, Anne, this week, and I was telling her uh, about the really nice birthday gift you guys all gave me. Thank you. And I was telling her how now I feel like I have the friends that I always wanted. Really, especially the bond I have with Kim and the bond I have with you, Mel, it really solidifies the fact that having online friendships or friendships that just start online are valid and real and amazing. Truly, I couldn't be more thankful to have both of you in my life. So, okay, the Juliana soapbox is done. You know, maybe someday people will stop saying 
online or in real life when they're talking about a friend i feel like we have this need to always mention either it's a person that we know in real life mm. or online but maybe someday it will blend together and we will just be talking about our friends and it's going to be somebody that's just online but we won't have to mention it yeah mm-hmm. I, see that's funny too because when i talk about either one of you i don't say where you're from I don't say that I met you online or like, oh, Kim from online. I'm like, no, Kim from right, Nebraska yeah. and Mel from Finland. And yeah, that's what I do too. Yeah. And it's with most people, it's nowadays just normal. I still, I know a couple people also that say that, yeah, but they're just online. You have never met them. They are not real friends. And yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, and they're often better friends because mm-hmm. online you can meet people that you never would be able to meet in real life, especially if you live in a smaller town or somewhere where the fandom maybe isn't active. So you can meet people that have something in common with you online and they mm-hmm. wind up becoming a better friend than the people you know in real life, maybe. And who says that you won't be able to meet them at some right. point? You might not be able Good to point. do it all the time as you want to, of course. But even if you are as far away as you two, for example, from me, I mean, we have quite a big distance between us, but it doesn't mean we, we, we didn't, wouldn't have the chance to at some point see, you know, it's anything is possible nowadays. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I have made over the years several friends from different countries and many of them I have seen. For example, we had already one of my best friends on here, Sarah. And, okay, given she's only, in quotation marks, living in Sweden, which is our neighboring country, but still, you can't constantly go there. It's still quite a bit of a way to go. But we see at least once a year, and sometimes even twice, if we are planning to go somewhere special. (laughs) We have done that too. So you can definitely find really, really, really great people out there. And Mm -hmm. yeah, those are real friendships. The thing that pops up in my head, too, is how people around here in the United States still say that they're friends with, like, college friends that they were friends with. Like, I mean, now I'm five years removed from college. So if I'm like, oh, yeah, my friend Julie, and you ask me how I met them, and I'm like, college, but I haven't seen them for five years. How is that friendship more valid than than this just because I didn't physically meet the person in my head that's a much less valid friendship because I haven't seen or talked to this person in like five years so I wouldn't I would even caution to call them my friend at that point I think it would be my college classmate who like used to be my friend but Mm -hmm. I feel like people do that around here all the time and people don't question it yeah it's Kim and I are friends, Mel and I are friends, we're all friends. So our friendships are valid, so you can take that and shove it in your cauldron. (laughs) (laughs) We find a good reason to shove things into cauldrons every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we move into our main discussion? Sure. So like we said this week, Kim is a lover of all things Nifflers. We love Nifflers. Kim, just tell us everything you know about Nifflers, and we're here for the ride. Right. So I was thinking, when did I fall in love with Nifflers? And it really was thanks, like probably like everybody, thanks to the Fantastic Beast movie, the first one. So really only like four years ago. It feels like so much longer, and I have accumulated 37 very real Nifflers ever since then. They're (laughs) definitely not plush or plastic, you guys. I promise you that. 
they wake up every night. And yeah, ever since then, I've bought so many of them and made that comic and learn a lot about them. So I looked up a lot about Nifflers and did a lot of research over the past week in preparation. And one thing I didn't know before is that the word Niffler means to exchange or to barter in Scotland and in Northern England. So that's interesting. Especially because Nifflers don't exchange or barter anything. They just take, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, one other interesting thing that I think is kind of strange is that Niffler is supposed to be a British beast, just local to United Kingdom. How is that possible? You guys, I want Nifflers all over the world. There is no way. It's just in Britain. It's like a mole. It should be all over the place, right? Well, now that they are so popular through the movies, and I think someone will probably go to Britain, take a handful of them, and take them wherever they live. And you think? they will spread over there too, mm. so... You can make a lot of money as a Niffler breeder. That's true. And uh, they do breed pretty well. It's said somewhere that they can have up to eight young. So if you wanted to be a Niffler breeder, I think it wouldn't be a hard thing to do to sell them all over the world. Hmm. That looks like my next career choice. To sell Nifflers? Mm-hmm. I'm a breed and sell Nifflers. I wonder how much they would be. Like, how much would you charge for a Niffler baby? I have no idea. You might have to do it in, like, the Wizarding World money system, which is so messed up anyway, because a wand costs, like, nothing, and then <laughs> something, like, silly costs, like, t three times the amount of a wand, and then no one actually knows how much a, new a nut or a galleon even represents in real currency. <laughs> one galleon is five dollars, I think, roughly. I think it, yeah, I think that's what they've, like, approximated based on things that J.K. Rowling has said. <laughs> And so the wand was like 10 galleons or something, right? 10 or 20 or something like that? Yeah, yeah. It's like 50, it's like 50 bucks for a wand. And then mm -hmm. I, there was some other item, I can't remember what it was, that cost you like $300 in comparison to the wand. And you're like, how does that even make sense? How do they make money selling wands when you're supposed to have a wand for either most of your life or at least like your school years and then maybe one later on? So maybe two wands in your life? I don't know if you want to open this door, Kim. I do. When Mel and I get started talking about wands. It's fascinating to me. <laughs> we don't stop. Ollivander cannot possibly make a living. Seriously. <laughs> we always come back to the subject. It's great. I always imagined that first years would be able to get sort of a discount on, maybe depending also a bit on your life situation, that you would be definitely able to get your wand. Of course, as an adult, you hopefully have a job and make your own money. And if you break your wand, then you can pay the full price. Um, and a wand is something I am sure families are saving up for if they, let's say, don't have as much money. Let's let's say the Weasleys, mm -hmm. because they know, okay, in this and this much years, our child is turning 11. They need their wand by then, so they will save up slowly for it. And a wand hopefully lasts a lifetime so if i'm paying let's say 50 dollars or what did you say it is yeah i think that was about it then it's actually not that much i think because it lasts you forever right so then think about a niffler that has a the potential to make you a lot of money over i don't know how <laughs> long nifflers live but i'm imagining like 20 years maybe like a dog so I'm probably way off. I mean, they're a magical creature, yeah. so it might be 50 years. You never know. 
and they could make yeah. you so much money so the adoption fee could be like a thousand galleons or something that'd be reasonable knowing that they'll find all kinds of stuff for you no maybe not that's too much no idea what that would cost I mean, I the only like reference I have is adopting dogs, but even that is something that fairly varies from place to place and from adoption agency to adoption hmm. agency. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten some of my cats for completely free, just adopting them, and then I've gotten mm-hmm. others for adoption fee, which definitely wasn't an adoption fee. It was literally a price, like I bought a cat for $300, I think. So a few of the other facts that I found out about Nifflers is that they were first introduced in Goblet of Fire. Hagrid used them for his Care of Magical Creatures lesson. Mm -hmm. And they were mentioned in Order of the Phoenix um, because Leek Jordan levitated two of them into Umbridge's office as a prank. So I was thinking, what do you guys think about that? Would you do that or do you think it's too much to prank somebody with a Niffler? I mean, someone like Umbridge, I would actually put like five Nifflers in her office, I think. (laughs) <laughs> no, just imagine in real life, not not Umbridge. We know Umbridge is bad and she deserves far worse, but like a friend of yours, a friendly prank, would you use a Niffler to prank somebody with? Uh, there comes the vegan part in me up again. No, I wouldn't because oh, <laughs> you yeah. don't do that with animals. <laughs> so no, I wouldn't do it. But what if the Niffler likes looking for coins and all you really do is... You, it's like a game for the Niffler, right? So you just put mm-hmm. it in somebody's office and they go around looking for coins and in process, they make a mess. So that's the prank. But the Niffler is very happy at the end of it because <laughs> they've gathered so much stuff, right? Hmm. Yeah, I was kind of thinking you guys would say no just because <laughs> of, uh, of that issue. Yeah. That's kind of why I was asking. I, I am with Mel too where I feel like you probably shouldn't use animals to prank people without their consent, but if the Niffler just so happened to get into that office without like me helping them, I could see I can I can see your <laughs> argument too where like if the Niffler's not gonna get hurt at any point of this. No, he's alone. He or she is alone. Not hurt. So you could like from your home until this office, you could like put one coin, another coin, another coin, all in a line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that it goes happily by itself to that office, collecting every single coin. And then he just exits when he's <laughs> right. done and comes back home. And he's got his little belly full of coins and jewels and such. Yeah, very happy Niffler. That is not abuse. You got one happy Niffler. <laughs> he's staying with you for life. Trust me. <laughs> So I was looking up the merch and I came across one thing I don't have. I should definitely get this. It's like the original Niffler before uh, the Fantastic Movies ever came out. Mm-hmm. They made a toy and I'm pretty sure it was for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter down in Orlando. Oh. And it's so weird looking. I really don't understand why they did that because it is definitely oh. described in Goblet of Fire as... A black creature that's fluffy and uh, it has like a snout and a pouch. And this thing is bald and pink and it looks like an elephant with like blue eyes. I have added a picture in the doc so that That was what what my reaction was just to. That's where the (laughs) O came from because I I scrolled up because I was going to try and Google search exactly what Kim had said because I had just scrolled down through the doc and I did not see a picture there. And then I scrolled back up and I was like, oh... It is so strange looking. It really is. And I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think there was one of the first video games where they also had a Niffler. Mm. It was sort of looking like that. And I'm not sure, are they properly described in the 
book already or yes. only in Newt's book later? They are described in the Goblet of Fire in the scene okay, where so Hagrid uses and you you would hate that right because he definitely uses the nifflers even though they might have fun looking for the coins i'm not totally sure if he let them keep the coins or not or it might have been fake coins oh yeah it was it? wizard gold hmm. it was wasn't Ron was it so excited and then he realized it was wizard gold like later in the day right goblin Goblin gold? Oh, leprechaun gold. gold. That's it? what it is. Leprechaun gold. Ah. Leprechaun, yes, that's the word. Yes. We found it. Yeah, that was that's disappearing. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean this is a bit strange looking, yes. Uh still kinda cute in a weird way, but not at all like a Niffler, no. No, I that's mean, not. It looks like an elephant that's pink, basically. I, I kinda feel like it's supposed to look a bit like um now what is that animal called? Um it's kind of like, if I translate it from German, it's an ant bear. Oh, an anteater. Anteater, yes, of course. Oh, that was simple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who have also this long snout and then dig into the earth and try to find all the bugs and ants to mm-hmm. eat. So I guess that's where that is a bit leaned on, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It does look a little bit like it, except maybe a little bit. Yeah. Like it has longer legs and it's the color is different. But other than that, it looks very, very similar. Yeah. I feel like it's supposed to be like a combination of an elephant, an anteater, and a metal detector. All thrown in. <laughs> <laughs> metal detector. Yeah. A little bit, even though I and I do own two metal detectors, neither of them is pink and cute. They're both black and just boring looking. Well, maybe so. that's your next job, Kim. You're going to develop a metal detector that looks like this weird version of the original Niffler so that we have a cute metal detector. It could be a, like a pocket one, a handheld pinpointing metal detector mm-hmm. that looks like a pink, bold Niffler. <laughs> that's a great idea. Let's do that. With horns. I'm going to pitch it in Shark Tank. Yeah. And get denied. <laughs> hey, you never know. So, but they have improved a lot since they did, uh, since they made the Sniffler. They have made so much more merch that's just way more spot mm-hmm. on. And then mm-hmm. some stuff that's not spot on too, just because the description of the Niffler, like I said in Goblet of Fire, is that it's a black fluffy creature with a long snout that has a pouch and collects coins. So in the first Fantastic Beast movie, there was one Niffler that was exactly that. And he, he is so perfect. I was wondering if it was a he or a she, but on Pottermore it says he, so I'm just going to go with he from now on. And then in Crimes of Grindelwald, they went way further with it uh, when they made the babies. And you guys, I think that's definitely kind of, I don't want to call it cash grab, but I feel like they made them to be able to make cute merch, don't you think? Yeah, the oh, 100%. I think so, It's too. such a fan service and a cash grab because... I mean, even the Pottery Barn is in on this. And I know I did a Speak Beastie episode where we talked about their collection for Pottery Barn. And there's a a Niffler uh, beanbag pillow that's like $400. And if that's not a cash... Oh, I need it. It's so cool. I want it so bad. It's really cute. But I'm like, (laughs) no way I would ever pay $400 for a a pillow that is... No, that's not happening. The Pottery Barn collection is super cool, but it's not for people like me. That's too expensive. It's not for people who actually have a budget. Right. Yeah. And me. I couldn't even buy anything from there because they don't even let you see the pages oh, anymore yeah. outside of, of the country. Hey, that's good. Yeah. You should be happy about that because it's not <laughs> tempting and you're not going to feel bad about it that you can't buy it. So that's perfect. 
Yeah, so they made the babies have four different colors. There is a black one, the original color. There is a gray one, orange and white, which is super cute. And then there is supposedly like a calico. So three different colors, orange, uh, black and white. But for some reason, in some of the merch, that one is depicted just black and white. So I have like a fluffy baby that's just black and white and it's supposed to be this one. I think it's because when they originally released like uh, the first photo of them, a picture before the movie ever came out, that Niffler was kind of sitting from the side and you couldn't see the orange patch. And they made all this merch before the movie came out just based on mm -hmm. this one fo photo. And so they missed the orange part of it, but... Yeah, and I looked for if they have names. Somebody online said that there are four names for these babies, but I think it's not official. It's just somebody that is like claiming that it's official names, but they're not. And actually, same same with the adult Niffler too, where people have claimed that he has a name and it's not actually true. Speak Beastie did give him a name, didn't they? I kind Pastry, of remember that yes, they named Pastry's him. Pastry's the Niffler. That's cute. And since then, uh, every single person in, in the common room who has gotten a Niffler names them after one type of pastry. <laughs> That's cute. There are a lot of them. <laughs> and I think there was at some point the rumor going around that, hey, there is like no official um, note anywhere, but the Niffler is called pastries. Is this true? Is this canon? Until someone like mm. from the common room or I don't know, someone who listens to the to the podcast said that, uh, no, that's where they, they invented that in the Speak Beastie common room. So it's not actually true. Yeah, and it was the same thing with the babies where somebody I think posted on Twitter that now I found it here. It's pumpkin, persimmon, pumpernickel and pistachio. And if you look online, none of it is coming up as official information. It's literally just one account that posted those names. Well, that's kind of on trend with pastries, though. Right. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe somebody that's listening to this someday will know and correct me that maybe they are official, but I would say they are not official mm -hmm. names. So I was thinking that maybe we could name the adult Niffler just for us, even though Speak BC named him and I love the name mm. and it's awesome. I think we could come up with like an alternative one. That's not a baked good. Let's give him a middle name. Yeah, like a yeah, like a middle name. That's great. That's even better. Oh, okay. I have one for Sophie. It's Bob. Well, <laughs> she will. Yeah, <laughs> pastries. Bob Niffler. Bob. <laughs> I have to say, it's really difficult to think of a new name because we have been living with the idea for so many years now that he is in our group called pastries and it's just impossible to think of a different name for him what are you gonna do when in the third movie newt finally <laughs> says a name and calls him something and your world is gonna come crashing down speak beastie had interview with dan fogler and they told him about it and i think there was someone else they have recently also had an interview mm. with um, and they mentioned it again. So there's at least two people of the cast that know now that the name Pastries exists for mm. the Niffler That's and that cool. they should Take like <laughs> send it to the important people and make sure that it's actually happening. So <laughs> I think for us, it, it will always be Pastries probably, no matter Aww. if there's some official name coming. Now that I think about it, it is weird that we have names for like almost all the other beasts and we don't have one for the Niffler. Not, f yeah. Odd. Hmm. That's true. I don't know. 
Yeah, it is because he is such a prominent character from the beginning. He's so important. I mean, in the first movie, just in the first movie, he escapes two times. And then again in the second movie. So he is there more than most other creatures, if not all of them. He should have a name. But I think since it's Newt who gives the names, he seems to give old-fashioned names, real people's names, like Frank. Right. I mean... So it would be Bob, you're saying? That's what it would yeah. be. It must be There's Bob. There's only one option, and it is Bob. I don't know. Um, some some old-fashioned British name, perhaps, because they are native to Britain. The Duke of Pastries. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm kind of hoping that they won't give it a name, just because you guys are saying that you love pastries so much, and it would be disappointing. But they, you know what? They probably won't, because... If they were planning to, they would have done already in Crimes of Grindelwald, and they didn't there. I don't know. The cutest thing about an Eiffler is the poach. Maybe up for discussion, but <laughs> up to me. If I have to decide what the cutest thing about an Eiffler is, it's the poach. And I really like when the merch that I have has actual poaches, because there's quite a few uh, Niffler toys that don't have the poach at all. Like, you can't mm -hmm. even see it drawn. Which is like so weird. It's the most important thing about a Niffler is its ability to collect coins. So if you have a toy that has no pouch, what is happening with the world even? This one, the, the little plushy baby Nifflers definitely have one. So there's a tiny one, but it is there. I was going to say, I dropped a picture of the $318 beanbag chair from Pottery Barn into the dock. And it, it does have a pouch. It made me smile because you can see it in the picture. It's real cute. I was like, that's real cute. <laughs> you know how many Nifflers I could buy for $318? More than one. More than one. <laughs> Would you really want to sit on that? I mean, you're like squishing its face. <laughs> I was going to say. You would flatten it down. It would be a very flat, wide Niffler. I just imagine that the face would go from being on the front to like when you sat your button, it would kind of like rotate up and be like staring at you as you had your button. <laughs> It'd be like, as you <laughs> stuck your butt into it, and the Niffler just like follows you. It's like, hello! I would just be reluctant to sit on anything that's worth more than most things I own, apart from cars, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's more than I paid for my computer. Yeah. Yeah. Expensive Niffler. He better come with some gold and diamonds in the poach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the poach is supposed to be, I think, bottomless. And I tried looking this up, but I couldn't quite come up with, like, if it has a limit or if it doesn't have a limit. Like, if a Niffler would potentially be able to, let's say, store a huge pile of gold, but would have to put it in one by one. Or if they would be able to put in, like, a table, you know, like a large object and it would just disappear in the depths hmm. of the poach. Like, what do you guys think? Is is there a limit or can they store unlimited amount of anything? I feel like in my head there must be some kind of limit because we see, don't we see one of the Nifflers in the Fantastic Beast movie, his little pouch getting, like, wider and wider? Like, you can see that he's, the proportion of stuff that he's putting into his pouch isn't proportional to the amount of, like, girth he's gaining, but I feel like he has, a, like, a little bit of a tummy. Mm, it's weighing him down, for sure. You're right. When he's like trying to push down the brick of gold, it's yeah. already a little bit hard to like push in. So there must be some kind of limit to it, maybe. But hypothetically, what if uh, the limit increases 
as the Nephler grows older. Mm. Like, let's say a baby would only be able to contain a small break of gold and as much as the po- like the size of the poach, what it looks like from the outside. But then, like, as the Nephler grows, it becomes more magical and it can mm-hmm. add more and more. I don't know. Probably I mean, not, but it sense. would be cool, though, because I really want to see a Nephler, like gather a lot of stuff and just shove it down i thought you're gonna say you wanted to see like a grandpa niffler like a niffler that was really old so it had like the biggest i do because he's so old i want to see any niffler i'll take any niffler old or young maybe that's one of the things we're gonna see towards the end of the movie series where we have this really old looking gray badger badger niffler (laughs) excuse me my hufflepuff is showing um, a really old grey niffler that is like full of gold and just lying lazily around now and doesn't even bother anymore. Like a retired niffler. He has to have like a little cane and a little pair of like old man glasses. I was thinking the same thing <laughs> with the cane. Not the glasses, but the cane was the first thing. I, you know, mm-hmm. a gold cane though? A shiny one? Yeah. I'm all for that. So I was saying that he would be a retired Niffler, and that brings me to another fact from the Wizarding World, that goblins tend to use Nifflers, because Nifflers have the ability to burrow underground and search for treasure for the goblins. What do you guys think? Is this something that the Nifflers enjoy doing, or is it completely involuntary and just overall horrible from the goblins? I think it's a natural thing for them to do. The only concern I have here is the goblins are, of course, having a purpose to put the Nifflers there to find all the treasure and they will take it away from them. And I think that will be something that Nifflers will not like at all because it's they put so much work into it and then you just go ahead and steal it all away from them. You know, even Newt, you, you can see the nest that the Niffler has in Newt's case. And he has his own little cave where he has like all his nicely arranged little coins and other gold pieces. And they take pride in keeping it in place and make it look nice, apparently. So it would be a bit cruel to all take it away. It would be very cruel. And then knowing how the goblins treat mm-hmm. the dragon. That was my thought, too. In the bank. Oh, yeah. You know, knowing that... I'm just worried that a reality of if there were canon about it, the reality would be them not getting any kind of shiny anything and just being forced into it and, you know, like maybe given food and shelter, place to sleep, but just not being happy nifflers. And that makes me so sad. That was my thought, too, is that I don't trust the goblins to treat them humanely. If it was someone else right. maybe doing it, I would possibly, depending on the person or species, give them a lot more trust into taking care of these nifflers. But I feel like the goblins, specifically given all the information we have from them, probably wouldn't be the best niffler keepers. But mm-hmm. again, they could prove me wrong. I don't know. I don't know any goblins in person, so I'm not going to judge. I think goblins are quite sorry, a bit selfish creatures, because when you just think about how they feel about things they made with the sword of Gryffindor, for them it's, yes, the wizard paid that you make it, but it's still made by you as a goblin, and therefore it is yours. They sort of borrow it only to the wizard, but by proper right it's still theirs in their mind. So they are quite, quite selfish creatures, I think. I agree. I think that there is a possibility for it to be a mutual agreement with other wizards, Niffler keepers, I mean, not not goblins, I really wouldn't trust them. But there could be a 
like it's mutually beneficial. You could have a Niffler and if you allowed him to keep, I don't know, 50% of what they found and like what Newt did and mm -hmm. give them a nice place to stay, they could really love sort of working for you and actually getting paid for it in a way, right? Do you think they would understand enough for that? I don't know. I mean, the Niffler in, in Fantastic Beasts seems really smart. So yeah, that's true. There's a chance they would get it. I, I think so. They seem trainable at the very least. Yeah, at the very, exactly. Yeah. And then they're supposed to be quite affectionate. So they would be a really cool pet, I think, except that they would destroy your house. Yeah. Um, at the same time. <laughs> you wouldn't even be able to have metal silverware because <laughs> you'd have to have like plastic silverware. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that sounds like a mess. It would be. And there is a lot of people that do keep creatures that are maybe not dangerous, but just hard to take care of. And if you've had like proper education about it and you have the means to create proper housing and train them, then it's okay. Personally, Nifflers kind of remind me of raccoons in the sense mm -hmm. that they are very curious creatures that are super, super destructive, but they can be affectionate at the same time. And they're very clever too, mm -hmm. raccoons as well. We have raccoons in the backyard and they are just terrible, but I, I love them because they're so cute and so clever. And you can tell they can, they play with objects. They put stuff in the water that we have for birds, you know, like there's like a big bowl of water on the floor, uh, underground, and, and they really play with stuff in it. That's, it's so cool to see. They have these hands that are super agile. So it's really almost hands, not paws. So a niffler is very similar to that. And I've heard of people keeping raccoons, so there there has to be a way for a person to keep a Niffler as a pet if they know what they're doing, I think. Do I know there are at least some people out there who have raccoons as pets? I'm sure you could have one, and I'm sure you could take care of one very well. And, I, and Kim is going to be our official Niffler breeder from now on. <laughs> yeah, maybe, you know, maybe in the visiting world you would have to get like a license, you know. Like here you would get like a rehabber license mm -hmm. if you wanted to rehab wild animals that are injured. So same thing could be in the visiting world where they would make sure that you are capable of taking care of a creature like that. There are a few more facts that I have written down. The inspiration behind the creature is most likely platypus. Or the echidna. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Those are both Australian creatures. They both have snouts, like the niffler. Only one of them has a pouch. The echidna can form a pouch on their belly. Both the male and the female can do this. It doesn't grow when they're born. It kind of just forms later in life. And I think that happens so that they can store coins in it. Is that reasonable <laughs> to say? I mean, that sounds pretty accurate to me. I'm sure Wikipedia would disagree, but that's fine. Wikipedia also disagrees with me when I say that a Niffler is a real creature that lives in Omaha, Nebraska, right? And that's totally true. I can sort of prove it. I was going to say, there's a reason why you can edit Wikipedia. Right. Oh, yeah. And I've done that a few times. And that is the weirdest thing. Crazy. How is that? How, how do they let people do that? It, I, I am not in charge of Wikipedia, nor have I ever edited anything on it. And it just floors me every time I do a Google search when Wikipedia comes up as like the first thing. And I'm like, ooh, this might not be a reliable source. <laughs> right. It's definitely not. No. And that's why Nifflers are real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Kim, for yep. giving us all that information on the lovely Nifflers. Yeah, that was a nice topic. 
I was surprised that I could that I could talk about Nifflers for that long. I was a little bit worried that I would have like <laughs> 10 minutes of material and done. I know. That's what you told me too. You're like, I don't know if I can talk that long. I was like, trust me, you'll be fine. No, uh, no, no. That wasn't the issue. I can talk uh. that long. I can talk for 10 hours straight and you know that. <laughs> I just didn't know if I could talk for two hours about Nifflers, but n- now, I, now I know I can. So. Hooray! Yay. Okay, so our next segment that we are going to go into is our fun segment, which is the game of the week, and it's called, Are You Puffing Kidding Me? For this game, everyone will have one quote-unquote fact that they will tell the group, and the group must vote if this person is telling the truth or puffing with them. And then each person who is guessing can also ask one question of the person giving the statement, and we will let our lovely guest, Kim, be the first one to go. Let me first say that this is my favorite segment, possibly on any podcast ever. When I read that in the <laughs> doc, I was like, yay, this is such a great idea, especially the name. Are you puffin kidding me? How cute is that? <laughs> it's the cutest name for a segment. So my fact about me is I've been to a renaissance fair in Turku, Finland. Ooh. Which is my hometown. Yes. And, and I was reading this. I was thinking, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> what were you thinking? Tell me, please. I have so many questions, but I'm allowed to only ask one. So to find out if that is true, I would have to ask you several questions to really nail you down there to, be mm-hmm. ma- to make sure if it's true or not. But You can ask a question? I didn't know yes, that. Yes, you get to ask one question. Oh, I forgot about that from the other episodes. I forgot. That's good. That makes yeah, it. But you ooh. only get one. It changes things. Interesting. So, well, there's so much I know. Maybe you should go first, Juliana. I was going to ask what year this festival was in. <laughs> I I don't Okay, that I that you know what? I'm caught me by surprise because first of all I didn't know that you guys were gonna ask questions to begin with so I am not <laughs> mentally prepared for it and I'm just gonna sound totally off when I respond but um what year I, I'm not gonna tell you an exact year but it's approximately 10 to 12 years ago maybe okay so like 10 to 2008 mm-hmm. I was very young very 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 young so currently kim you are 21 years old is that correct so you were you were nine yeah i am definitely 21 years old thank you sweetheart (laughs) that is the sweetest thing i've heard in a long time 31 yeah i was hoping that would give you a little bit of reference mel and then i could basically base my response off what you said okay i have to decide for one question that See, I don't even know if they have Renaissance fairs in Turkey. She could, for all I know, you could be completely puffing. You could have, you could have prepared ahead of time, um, but I didn't put it in the doc till like an hour ago. So I'm just gonna jump in and say it's true, and then I'll let Mel go. Hmm. Why do you think it's true? I want to know. Just because you're terrible at lying, Kim. I am not. You are wrong, actually. No. Hey, there is a big difference. Listen to me, though. Seriously. I am great at lying, but I am bad at keeping secrets. Those are two mm, very different oh, things. Point. When when I give right, when I give Juliana presents, 
I can never keep it to myself because they <laughs> go by mail, right? We don't live in the same town and that's that's a problem for me. So And the mail has been so slow mm. lately too. So I have to wait like a full week for it to hit <laughs> Massachusetts. And in the meantime, I keep dropping hints and she usually knows like right before she gets it. So I can't keep secrets, cannot, no. to save my life. But I... I, I guess that's true. Yeah. I, I I think I'm more meant that you're just so honest a lot of the time. Uh-huh. Well, when I have to lie. Mm. I, you are a Slytherin, you know, though. I am cunning, yeah. right? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So do you remember when you were there, was there anything significant uh, landmarks around that you could point out? Huh. I should have prepared for this much better. Okay, I'm I'm going to say that I spend most of my time outside of Turku. I do know that it was really pretty and that it was like a little square where the fair was. It wasn't like a square in town. And I do think that we went to some kind of a tower or something or oh man, it's a long time ago. So I kind of find it a strange coincidence that you would that you actually were right here in the town where I live. Such a random thing to pop up that you would coincidentally been here before. So while I was already living here, by the way. Really? Um, when did you move there? You said it was about 10 years ago yeah. or something? Mm, 10 to 12. I've been living here almost 13 years now. So exactly right after you moved. So yeah. we would have probably even met there. That's bonkers. If this is true. Well, that would be wild if it were true, right? I don't know. I, I'm kind of like draw. Oh, this is a difficult. You one. have to decide, else I'm gonna I set know. a timer. Okay, I think it's a too big of a coincidence that it would be really. No, I. Ah, then again, oh my goodness! I. <laughs> you have to answer. <laughs> Okay, I say it's true. And Juliana? I said it was true. Oh, you guys. Oh, my God. I thought I would get you. I so thought you would say that it's not true. And you both it's got ah! it. Yes. Oh, my God. It's true. <laughs> really? Yes, really. Ha- I have a backstory for you, though. And okay. I, I have to apologize to you because I... I am such a dork. Okay, so about two or three <laughs> days ago... No, seriously, you're going to laugh about this. About two or three days ago, Mel requested me on Facebook, and I freaked out. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, no. Now, somehow, for some odd reason, I'll accept it, and you'll go to my page, and somehow you'll find out that I've been there. It's a possibility. So I declined it because I just freaked out, yeah. and I didn't know what to do, even though I totally just could have left it and not answer. You know, and that it made me feel even worse after. I was like, no, now I declined it. And she's just going to think horrible things about me, even though it's all just about this Renaissance fair in Turku and she just doesn't know, right? Yeah, so. I was actually um, today thinking that, haven't I sent her? Oh, no, I was hoping you wouldn't notice. Then I uh, thought that, then I checked your profile and I was like, Huh, I can't even see if I did or not. Does she not have an option? Did I want it to and I didn't? Oh, well, go- at least you didn't think bad of me, though. Because <laughs> no, and then I, I was wasn't... like, I can't send you a request because then you would think something <laughs> weird happened. And it did, right? <laughs> right? And in retrospect, 
I don't think there is any way you would be able to tell. You would have to dig really deep. You would be able to maybe tell that I that I have lived in Sweden for quite a long time and that I have ah. a lot of friends from Sweden and maybe even some from Finland. I'm not really sure if I'm still friends with the people from there or not. But, you know, okay. like you would probably not look into it. So I was just being silly, you know, it just like my heart started <laughs> pounding and, and that happened and I couldn't take it back. There's no undo button, you guys. Why? So, okay. there. And then about the, about the actual Renaissance Fair, I it's I think I feel like it's more maybe twelve years ago than ten. I don't know. I was really young. I, I had just moved to Sweden quite recently prior to me going to Finland, and I was engaged to a Swedish guy who was half Finnish. So his half of his family were from Finland, from Turku. Oh. His mom and we went to visit there. Uh, they had like a summer house outside of Turku. And we visited, like, for the summer one time, like, right after I moved to Sweden. So later on, I got a uh, Rapala Magnum tattoo on my arm, which is so random, too. It's like a Finnish fishing lure. I still have it. (laughs) And I thought maybe you would see that and somehow know that it is a Finnish fishing lure and you would know the answer. I've been so busy the last couple of days, I did not have any time to check for (laughs) such details. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I told you I was a dork, right? Like I overthink things and I just freak out just like with the audio issues that we were having on the beginning of the call. I was just like the world is ending. The world Aww. just ended. Like everything's just done with and it wasn't true. So now we have to find out if we know some people that that connect us somehow because oh, God, that's that the would usual be insane because you are in the in the right age range as well right like you're in your 30s my ex would be uh, like right around your age right now so yeah that's insane it's it's a possibility it's so weird right like it's a small city it's how many citizens do you have in turku it's very small oh i, I have no idea i would have to have to check you don't know it's... you've lived there for 13 years and you don't know I'm not good with numbers. <laughs> All right, I don't know either, but it's a small town, and so it's a very. I mean, it's thing. not it's not that huge. It's one of the bigger cities here in Finland, but Finland again is also on a scale like compared to Germany, for example. Everything is much smaller here, so it's not that huge. I have learned over the years that usually, if you have been here and you know some people, you are in some way connected to each other because we don't have that many people here, and somehow everyone knows each other from somewhere. So I have had several people that I have gotten to know that, hey, you actually know this person too? Oh, me too. And we have been friends for a long time. (laughs) So we have to check that later. (laughs) Okay, but that's nice. That's a nice surprise. I'm very surprised that this is such a coincidence, I would say. I knew you would be, and I waited uh, ever since we started talking a little bit, uh, maybe a few weeks ago, right, because of the birthday uh, Mm -hmm. surprise for Juliana and the podcast. I've been wanting to tell you that I lived in Sweden for five years and that I dated a man that was half Finnish from Turku. I really wanted to tell you, but (laughs) hey, I kept the secret successfully. That's very (laughs) impressive. I'm proud of you, Kim. Thank you. Um... I have never been to the Netherlands, even though I grew up only about 30 minutes drive away from their borders. False. I think it's false. I think it's true. That's it. Maybe she's like driven through it or something, I'm thinking. But um, I'm going to say it's true, but I'll ask you a question first to confirm. Uh, This is hard. 
How about Juliana asks the question? <laughs> this is way harder than I thought it would be. I have conflicting of feelings, but I'm going to go with false because I think that Mel has not lied yet and she would like an opportunity to lie. Oh, hey, good to know. Uh, when you were younger, you didn't travel too much. Yep, that is true. So I know that, but I also know that you haven't lied yet. And I would like to say that Mel would like to lie once in a while. And she's going to lie this time. And that's my guess. But maybe that's exactly what I mm. counted on that you would think. And that's why I tricked you. Why did you never go to the Netherlands? I was going to ask that. That is my, it is my oh. question. I ask you oh, it. Kim's that up. is my question. Why I never went there. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't really allowed to just travel by myself so far. And... I never had kind of the feeling like I want to hmm. go there. So When you moved away from Germany, you said 13 years ago. I know you are 37, despite uh, the fact that you look like you're like 23, which is just mind-blowing. <laughs> But so you would have been 24. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So uh, you just said you wouldn't be allowed to travel You you would be able to travel 30 minutes away when you were 20 to 24 after high school, maybe. So I don't know if I buy that. But um, I don't know. My, my answer is still that it's true. I'm still on false. Okay. It is false. Ah! <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, man. You got me. I got two <laughs> points this time. I think I'm in the lead now. Nice. I mean, uh, we really lived very close to um, the border and I've been there a couple of times, not for a very long time, but we also, oh no, actually we had a school trip also for a week. We, we stayed there actually um, in a park, but yeah, it's, I, I have, it's, it is true that I haven't really been traveling much when I was younger. Um, and then I have lived in a bigger city like 100 kilometers away, uh, Köln, for about two years when I was early 20s. And then I already moved to Finland, so there could have been a possibility that <laughs> I would have not gone there, but I have. <laughs> so sorry, Kim, but there's no point for you. Aww. It's okay. It's still fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can, as our guest, you get your points towards the guest tally. We have Mel, yeah. me, and the guests. So I get zero, right? So far. Yeah, but you have one yeah, more. Yeah, one more chance, though. One more chance. Ooh, I'm nervous now. So my statement, I was going to say my puff, but my statement <laughs> is that I worked at Starbucks for two years, and during the entirety of me working there, I never drank coffee. Okay, do you mean coffee in general or Starbucks coffee? Um, coffee in general and Starbucks coffee. And I'm including like espressos. I'm including any variation on a coffee bean. God, that just depends on when this was, because there it could have been a time in your life where you didn't drink any coffee at all. But well, you can ask me that question if that's your question you'd like. Oh, I just asked you one. Did that not count? Oh, I don't know. The Starbucks thing, like the, the oh, you know, yeah. to specify. Oh yeah, you the... did. Okay, so if Mel wants to ask me that question, she can. Or no, can I will let her ask whatever she wants. That wouldn't be fair. But hmm, I'll think What about it. What was the though. question? <laughs> the question was that when, when, when was this? Ah. When, when it happened? You know. And I know that you know what you've told me, Juliana, and I forgot. And oh, 
I should have been better prepared and remembered that. You had a conversation with Ali about that because mm-hmm. Ali used to work at Starbucks and I know that you'd worked there too mm-hmm. and you had in-depth conversation about the different types of pumping Mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff and I don't yeah. know the whole technical stuff there where we didn't like listen too much to yeah. anymore after a while um, so I think it's not been so super long ago or I don't remember when it was exactly that you worked there but hmm. see mm. I think it could be kind of a trick question because I can't really imagine I'm sure it's possible, but it's hard to imagine a person to work somewhere for two years and never taste what they're making even once. So it could be like she has never had a full cup. You you haven't asked me a question yet, Mel. You can still ask I me know. a question. Still, I'm, I'm, I believe she's never had a full cup, but I feel like, you know. Do I drink coffee now, maybe? Hmm? No, you don't. Hmm. I think she does, but I'm not sure. No, Kim knows the answer to that question. We've had conversations at night, Kim, where you're like, I'm making a cup of coffee. And I'm oh, like, you have right. See, and I thought so. Like in the back of my mind, uh-huh. I was like, for some reason, it's there. But it's one of those things that, you know, it's a detail. Now I'm completely thrown off. I think... <sighs> I'm wondering... See, and that's why I was saying that it depends on when this was. Because if she was, uh, if Juliana was really young at the time, there's a chance that... She really didn't like coffee at all. But if this was somewhat recently... I don't even think you would like the answer that I told if I If I tell you what it is, I don't even think that'll help you, honestly. For some right. reason, all these these three things are really difficult this time. I go with it's true. I'm probably wrong. I say false. Let's make it fun. So I did work at Starbucks for two years and I never drank coffee <laughs> the entire time. No! Yes! Oh my god! It wouldn't have helped you because I, when I was a, a freshman and a sophomore in college, I worked there. So that would have probably just thrown you off even more. <laughs> so you never tasted any of the coffee that you made. Never, ever. You've never no, made a best I hate cup I, ever. Nope. I would pretend to drink it when they made us do tastings. And I would just write down what other people were writing on their little slips as to what the notes were. And I hated it, hated it, hated it. And then I started drinking coffee after I left Starbucks because I was so stressed out. Oh, and that makes sense. Ne- and burnt out. And as a dietitian, you work with the food service department. So the hospital that I was interning at get had free coffee for us and i was like at rock bottom energy level and i was like okay this is what we do and but now i really like coffee so you've grown to like it well i also like tea so i drink usually i'll drink like tea and coffee i thought that like so i'll usually have like tea in the morning i'll have like coffee somewhere in like the afternoon i at least this time for (laughs) once i got two points (laughs) i've never done that before i I know (laughs) very impressive i'm so proud of myself <laughs> and that was a good one it was hard too juliana's was yeah a, a tough fact too it's crack. contradicting too and like i said if i gave you the time frame while you were guessing that really wouldn't have helped at all either because <laughs> you would have been like okay so you're in college and you're telling me that you didn't drink coffee it was one of those things that we've both heard you talk about drinking coffee but it's just like such a detail of a person's life that it just slips Uh your mind you know it's just like a background information that you don't well that's what i'm betting on when i write (laughs) so now with the new points given we are still having juliana in the lead with eight points she's just so good at this game i have 
caught up and I have six points now. Same as the guests, also six points. Wow, I'm sorry. If I had guessed just one, I would have been so much better for the guests. <laughs> it's good for me. Mm. That's okay. There's no prize. So just pride in that you've won points and that's literally it. <laughs> okay, so our next segment, we have what we're going to call Kim's Choice. And this version of Kim's Choice is the Czech edition. That's how I pronounce it, right, Kim? Czech? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Czech edition. And so Kim has picked out a magical Czech word for me to try and pronounce and also guess the meaning. And it looks like I also have a bonus word. So I guess I'll just hop right on in and pick, go for this first word right here. Uh, Good Lord. There are all these words with like tildes and like extra dots and stuff on them. (laughs) (laughs) Crumb. Krovinares. That's actually pretty close. Oh, really? Yeah, that's wow. That's pretty close. It's Krovinares. Oh, I actually was like decently close. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's very impressive for me. <laughs> um, I have no idea. You're never gonna guess this. It's just a strange word. No, I'm just gonna guess. I can't even think of anything what that could be. So, uh... I'm just gonna guess waffle iron because that's the first <laughs> random thing that pops into my head. Are you hungry? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's not it. <laughs> it would be strange if it were. That would be amazing. You would be like a seer or something. Oh, yeah. Then I would get an extra point for the other game. Does Mel also get to guess or is it just a Juliana thing? I Oh, she can guess. I, I have absolutely no idea what it could be. Not, yeah, not it's a slice. word that none of us would ever probably use. And I didn't even know there was like an English term for it. Of course, there is. I just didn't know it. I had to look it up. And it is brush cutter, which I guess is sort of like a weed eater for bushes and such. But I literally just picked it up because it has a lot of the R's with the little squiggly line above it, which the Uh sound is very hard to pronounce. That's why I chose it. Yeah, like a weed whacker. That's what we call those. Weed whacker. Yeah. Well, for like brushes and bushes and smaller trees, maybe, I guess. Hmm. So for Hufflepuffs, that's useful. You guys like gardening foliage. In plain. We have greenery. Yeah. yeah. Should I try for our bonus wizarding world themed? Domachi Stierik. Domachi Stierik. You kind of sound Russian Doma. a little bit. Yeah, she does yeah. that. <laughs> My, I always end up going back to this weird Russian accent, or like sometimes I'm like the Swedish chef. <laughs> Very harsh. I kind of feel like with the first, you are probably already close. I mean, I have no idea about the language, but usually the C is kind of like a, like what you just said, like Domachi. Domachi. Oh, you are so good, Mel. Oh, that's so, that's so cute. You sound so cute. <laughs> and it's really close. I, Juliana Ooh. was pretty good too, actually. Like cons- all things considered, because that's a hard yeah. term. It's two, <laughs> it's two words, actually, not one. So it is domazi skritek. Ah, skritek. so it's more like a C. Mm-hmm. If if there was a squiggly line above the C, it would be. Oh ch. yes, yeah, yes. That's what I thought of. Ah, you're super. Yeah. You're really good, though. Honestly, oh. I was surprised. So well, you guys are supposed to tell me, right? Oh, guess. right. Um. It's not the blast ended screw, it's not the firebutt crap, is it? 
I'm gonna let you guess a little longer. Not every word that you don't know is that. <laughs> it's either Fergusshire or the Fireback. Maybe we should start a collection of these two words for in every language that we come across. Um, just for you. We're gonna do a. Con- I think at the end. Of <laughs> sorry, all this- guys. Oh my god. What? The- why would I'm so sorry? Why blast and it's screwed? Like, is that a thing for you guys or something? No, it's uh, my friend Sarah brought that in Swedish. Oh, okay. All right. I was trying not to laugh for like the last minute and a half. <laughs> so hard not to. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, it like roughly translates in English to like fire butt crab. No, I keep telling <laughs> you, it's it? not the fire butt crab. <laughs> I thought that's what it is. It's an exploding butt crab. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, that's totally different though. Hmm? Yeah, it's so much more funny. <laughs> <laughs> And I still can't remember the way. The only two things I remember are <laughs> Firebrook Crab, which isn't accurate, and Frigshire, which also isn't accurate. That's completely wrong, but it's fine. It's Feuerschale. <laughs> it sounds German to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it is. That's a Sophie word. Oh, my God. So is that your final guess then? It, yeah. You said it's something from the from the Wizarding World. Yeah, so let's is. think. Is it the name of a place, maybe? You don't get to ask me questions. <laughs> Is it the shrieking yeah. shag? Ooh, that's a good one. Oh yeah, because like a dom, like a. It's domash. Yeah. I don't know. I'm completely guessing. That's a good here. guess, actually. It's it's not that, but it is a good guess, and it's not the blast ended butt crack. It is. <laughs> it is the house elf. House oh. elf. So when you. Oh, so you were right. Yeah. Like house like. She she yeah. was close. Mela was close when you said that it's something about a house. Because it's literally house elf, so not a shriek and shack, but still has to do with a building or a home or a house. Okay, that was nice. It's always fun to to uh, learn a couple of new words in different languages here. So that's that's why we keep doing that, especially when someone is from some other origin, original country. So thank you. That was fun. Yeah, thank you, Kim. Yeah, especially a weird place like the Czech Republic. I'm sure. <laughs> We've actually gotten a pretty good variety so far. Yeah, we have. Now we are giving over to Buttercup's question of the week. Hello, everyone. This week, I would like to know from you, what would you name the baby Nifflers? Share your ideas with us on all our social media outlets or send us an email to buffcastpod at gmail.com. Well, thank you, Buttercup. And thank you, Kim, for being on this episode with us. So if people would like to find you, where can they locate you? Well, you can find me on Instagram. I do have a lot of accounts, but my main one is It's Chimera, which is spelled I-T-S-K-I-M-I-R-A. Then I do have a Twitter, but I'm not sure if it's worth mentioning because I don't really use it. And Especially after this week now, I'm just kind of sick of even having the app on my iPad. Although if you really wanted to find me there, it would be doll, as in D-O-L-L underscore Kim underscore V. And if you wanted to find my Nifflers, Poof and Nif, and Plop, you should check out uh, their Instagram page, Niffler Riot. We will have all the links down in the info box so you can make sure that you can find Kim. So this was so nice to, to have you. I mean, I was looking forward to it all week. Already I said to Juliana before that 
uh, the conversations we have had uh, so far <laughs> in the group <laughs> chat was just so nice. I think you are such a lovely person and I'm so happy to have gotten to know you and uh, having you on here was just so much fun. So thank you so much for coming. No, I have to thank you, yeah. both of you. I was so stressed out and nervous about it for a while just because <laughs> I didn't want to mess it up. Because I listened to all the episodes before and they're all so good and all the guests were amazing and you guys are amazing. And I just thought I'm going to be the one person that's just going <laughs> to ramble on about something completely unrelated because I'll be nervous. No, you did great. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It's really been so much fun. And this is my first podcast that I've ever been on. And it's gone way better than I thought it would be. So than I thought it would go. You are welcomed back anytime you want. Thank you so yes. much. <laughs> If you're looking to find us, you can currently listen to us where all podcasts are found. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at PuffCastPod. Facebook, we are Facebook.com slash PuffCast. You can email us at PuffCastPod at gmail.com. And if you hadn't heard since last week, we have a Patreon now. Hooray! So if you'd like to support our podcast and help us out, we have Patreon tiers starting at as little as $2 a month. Part of our Patreon perks is we are donating $1 to charity for each patron that we have. We also have fun benefits, including bloopers, mini episodes, and you can be part of our exclusive Facebook group, Buttercup's Tea Room, and we have stickers and there's just so much more. It's definitely worth it, especially for me, for the Facebook group. We've been talking about the birthday badger and trying to decide <laughs> on a name for him or her or them. Yes. Come over and help us find a name, so it yes. will be fun. When you join the group, the birthday badger will wish you a happy birthday as well. <laughs> That is correct. And bring you a cupcake, too. <laughs> yes. We've decided, we've definitely settled on the cupcake. Because it's my favorite food, right? To bring it around to the yep. beginning of the episode where I was talking about liking cupcakes. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, thank you, Kim, for being on. And until next time, stay puffy. And badger on! Yay! Yay. <laughs> okay. Stop. <laughs>